0: lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 36 of Confidence From Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And today I had the great honor of interviewing Alana Demartini on the hot topic of perfectionism. I know for myself and many of the women that I serve that the word perfection invokes a very specific set of feelings. And many of us were taught not to strive for perfection. That perfectionism is not achievable and many women and men use it as the reason why they don't embrace their fullness because they feel they're not quite there yet. Or they feel that that is the reason why they don't put themselves out there and share their brilliance and their work with the world to the magnitude that they're capable of. Alana so eloquently redefined the term perfectionism, and she really explained that perfection is messy. I loved that. But also, she really walked us through how we can all embrace it today, not tomorrow, not in the future, we can all embrace our perfection today. And we go into very specific details about this. But we also discussed how the term perfectionism and the concept of seeking perfection relates to weight release and some of the mindset reasons why some women and men, despite all their efforts, struggle to get to their weight goals. And her perspective on this topic is so enlightening but also inspiring Alana broke it down into simple and achievable steps so she actually shared a formula with us that we can all use so make sure to grab some pen and paper you're gonna need it for this one and let's get ready to get inspired so let me properly introduce you to Alana Alana DeMartini is a sought after, globally recognized professional, educated, and consultant on human behavior, personal development, and entrepreneurship. As an educator, she has presented numerous courses covering multiple aspects of human values and personal transformation and helped inspire and inspire the lives of thousands of individuals and entrepreneurs. As the acting manager of the North America Division of the Demartini Institute, a private research and education organization, she has worked in client relations, team management, and problem solving. She facilitates and teaches the Demartini Institute's signature program, The Breakthrough Experience. She has consulted, consulted taught and facilitated thousands of individuals, entrepreneurs, and organizations using the trademark Demartini Method and the Demartini Value Determination and Demartini Values Application, which are the culmination of 48 years of cross-disciplinary research and study by Dr. John Demartini. Her educational background was specialized in behavioral sciences and human communication. She is a master certified Dermartini method and values facilitator. She is dedicated to maximizing human awareness and potential and igniting authentic missions and values for individuals and entrepreneurs. Alana travels close to a hundred and fifty days a year to countries all over the globe, sharing her practi- practical insights, principles, and methods with entrepreneurs for most markets and sectors. I am just so excited to bring you Alana DeMartini. Welcome, Alana. I am so honored to have you on the podcast today.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Juliana. It's an honor to be here.
0: My pleasure. And our topic today is a very special one. I know so many women in all my years in practice have a very specific perspective on the term perfectionism and I feel you're the perfect person to come speak to us about this. So let's get right into it and define for us how do you perceive perfectionism?
1: I love that. I love that question. I think that perfection is so beautifully individualized and I think I would define perfection to the degree you can live according to what is most inspiring, most intrinsic, most important. I think that perfection is going to look very different for each and everybody. But as I would define it, I would say that perfection is when you listen to the inner voice and obey and structure your day-to-day life around the things that inspire you and honor those and delegate the rest. So perfection is giving yourself permission to structure your life in accordance to what inspires you most, what fulfills you most. And that is perfection, is giving yourself permission to live according to your values, your rules, and no one else's. And knowing that your perfection is an ever evolving, ever moving, growing target. I think that if we ever start to get stuck or stay in one idea of perfection, we can plateau, we cannot grow. So I think perfection is an ever evolving, ever moving target, but it's beautifully individualized according to what inspires you most, what your priorities are and what your values are. So perfection is you living in inspiration day by day to the best of your ability.
0: Oh, that's good. <laughs> I love it. And there's such an interesting shift here that you kind of mentioned as well, because from what you said, I understand it now as an internal, you know, compass rather than the external measures that I think a lot of times a women struggle with perfectionism is that they're trying to basically match their inner sense with this sort of external fantasy, right? Of like if it's physical beauty like on a magazine, if it's career with like a, a colleague that they perceive as more successful and so on. So I think the beginning here is really understanding that shift towards the inner side of perfectionism rather than that more external view. Is that Beautiful. is that true?
1: Beautifully said. Not letting the outside world define what perfect or perfection looks like because as we're incredibly different human beings, our idea of perfection may be very different to someone else's. So because we have such a different, incredibly growing perspective of perfection, meaning even what perfection was thought to be eight to 10 years ago is maybe not perceived so on a social idealistic level. So if it's ever changing from an exterior perspective, the most important piece is to connect to the interior feeling and perspective of who you are. Because if you let that outside world define you and you subordinate to the extremities of the outside rather than really calculating and connecting to the internals, you can kind of create the unrealistic expectations, get lost in what you think it should be rather than the perfection of what perfect is for you.
0: Yes. Oh, and something else that you said in your earlier definition of it too, that it was the whole concept of giving permission. And I know that that's very tightly related to this, but also a very big area that a lot of the women, at least in my audience struggles with. And I think it's potentially from living most of their lives with that sense of duty of caring for their families and almost being like the backbone of the family dynamic And now, you know, most of my um, listeners are over 40 and they're getting into that place in their lives that they have the room to contemplate. What do I actually want to do? And that is a lot of times when they struggle and they get stuck because I don't know if they are even able to contemplate what is it that they really want. So if somebody on that situation, what are some you know steps they can take to really honor that inner drive and mission and desire?
1: I love that question, Juliana. I think the the best way to unlock, is to identify what is truly important. And we do have a series of questions. You yourself are aware and beautifully equipped with those. But we do have some determinants in how we can look at what our life is currently demonstrating that is important to us, not what we think it should be, not what our neighbor is dedicated to, not what mom, dad, teacher, or society says but what our life is demonstrating that we put space and time and energy and money towards. We can even in our transition in our lovely forties or thirties or fifties, when we're looking for the next step, the wisdom is to go, okay, what right now am I intrinsically organically dedicated to? What's my hierarchy of values? What am I filling my space? Spending my time, what energizes me, what do I make money and find money for, what am I talking about, visualizing about, bringing order to, what inspires me, what do I read about, and what's common to the people that inspire me. There are determinants that help you take a look at yourself and go, oh, that's what I'm dedicated to. And even taking a moment to honor what you're organically dedicated to is a huge step and giving yourself permission to then expand and structure on those values further. So I'd say the first and foremost is identifying what is important, looking at what your life is demonstrating that is inspiring and intrinsic, not what you think it should be, but what it actually is being demonstrated as. And once you define what is truly most important, what that hierarchy of values is, then you get to look at it and extract your inspired servants. What do you want to do next? How are you going to structure this? How are you going to ensure that this serves the other areas of life? So first and foremost, the foundation for any age is knowing your values and structuring your life according to those beautifully unique fingerprint specific values. Because even a woman who maybe her kids are growing up, she's has more freedom and and flexibility. And they're in a space where they're developing in their independence. And she's going, okay, what do I want to do next? Well, now you get to look at what is common to the ways in which you've served and received feedback and helped people and provided service and support. What's common to all of those and what was most inspiring about it. And from there, you can step in to a new vocation a new philanthropy, a new community to serve. So it all goes back to values. And I know you've heard myself and my father say this probably in every program because (laughs) in our perspective, it's the heartbeat. If you know who you are and what you're dedicated to and that that's ever evolving and ever changing, you have a freedom and flexibility to navigate day to day in accordance to who you are and your expectations and nobody else's. Know your values, structure those values, and then take a look and you can actually find your inspired service just from looking at the hierarchy and seeing what's common to the ways that you've served in the past. For any woman looking for that next step, look at what you are inspired, look at what is intrinsic, and then let's find the inspired service.
0: That is amazing. And even an aspect of it that you mentioned that has been part of my own experience with discovering my values, and you have been instrumental in myself having the clarity that I do now. Sometimes I think when we're looking for, especially if we lived most of our lives from a place of duty, which I did, I think part of my upbringing and that, you know, striving for all the things that I did growing up in Brazil It was difficult for me to see clearly at the beginning what things were truly inspirations and what things were more like goals, what I aspire them to be. So the first time I went through the exercise and the values uh, process in the website, Dr. Demartini's website, I do remember that a lot of them were goals. They were things I wished them to be rather than reality. And I think for me, the issue there is that I couldn't discern between those and the aspects of different forms in which what actually was presenting itself took form as my years evolved. So for somebody in that specific place that they're a little bit confused in between what the goals and what they wish it to be versus what reality presents, what is a good strategy or tip for them to start really clarifying that piece?
1: That's a great question. So one of the major pieces is really that differentiation between our fantasies, our goals, and our values. Mm-hmm. There's a nice string that attaches them, but they're very different. Our, our fantasies are aspects that we are hoping and wanting, but there's no evidence to support that that's intrinsically real for us. Most likely in our observation, when we see fantasies, That's an injected value or subordination. And you're thinking that's what you want, but there's no evidence in your day-to-day life that that's really what's important to you. So fantasy is basically a, a, a goal that has no evidence. So it's not a real objective goal. It's a fantasy. No evidence. It's not a goal. It's a fantasy. Then you've got our goals. And our goals are like, the vehicles that are helping us fulfill our values and the other way around. So let's say you have a value on your health and your functionality and feeling vital and energetic in the body. Let's say you value your health and vitality and functionality in the body. That's a value. And then let's say that you really would love to expand and you are setting a goal to run a triathlon and to expand and stretch the body to a whole new level so you've got a value of empowering the health the body or the vitality and health the goal is now the actions and result that you want to create and have that is accordance to your values Mm -hmm. so you've got the value is like the initiator i value my health i value the functionality What am I going to do to ensure that that sustains? So now we've got a goal. Now we've got the goal of, okay, I'm going to expand my skin's elasticity. I'm going to push my immune system and really expand my body. I'm going to do a triathlon and see if I can accomplish that for my body. Now we've got a goal with a result of accomplishing probably something mental and something physical. But the goal is kind of like the vehicles that are helping us fulfill our intrinsic values. And to the degree that the goal is structured and balanced, meaning you're willing to endure the pain and pleasure equally in the pursuit of it, that's a real goal. The fantasy is if you're attempting to have all pleasure, no pain, I'm going to run this triathlon, but it's not going to be painful. I'm not going to get thirsty. I'm probably not going to miss work. And it's going to cost some money. If you think that it's just going to be sugar and spice and everything nice, you got a fantasy. But if you're willing to endure the pain and pleasure equally in the pursuit, you've got a goal. And you've got a goal with a higher probability and a realistic expectation of having an outcome in your favor. So Fantasies are the one-sided impossible objectives because we do not live in a one-sided world. And our goals, to the degree that they're embracing pain and pleasure and mitigating risk and structuring it, you've got a solid goal. And if it's connected to those beautiful values and it's the vehicle that's fulfilling, you've got a higher probability of accomplishing and and reaching that goal.
0: That is so clear. clear love that definition and actually that kind of brought something to my mind because when we talk about perfectionism at least like on the more mainstream way that there's that negative connotation to it because it's we're told that it's unachievable so therefore we shouldn't strive for it i wonder if uh, your opinion on this is if part of it is that perfectionism in this old context represents only the, the pleasures only the positives with the, you know, none of the negatives, because if you have the negatives, then therefore it's no longer perfect. So would you say that that's maybe potentially the misunderstanding of that word from the more mainstream aspect of things?
1: Well, you know, what's interesting is we have a symmetry in, in every aspect of our world. And we have components of balance in every form, in every fashion, to the micro, to the macro. So even in perfection, you have perfection is going to have pleasure and it's going to have pain. And in fact, perfection is neither pleasure nor pain. We are imposing and perceiving that in our bias or lopsided perceptions. But perfection has been painted, right? In society, in Hollywood, and now in social media as this one-sided, pleasurable, beautiful thing when perfection is messy and ugly at times and gritty and it's really interesting because perfection is an ever-evolving ever-changing definition I think it's really giving us permission to go how would we love to define our perfect our perfection and as you beautifully are stating that one-sided idea of perfection and that perfection is all good, I think more and more we're seeing, well, that's just not sustainable. That's, That's not the real of perfection. Perfection is what you perceive works for you, what fulfills you. When you hit that intrinsic checklist and you feel fulfilled, that's perfect. When you serve someone and felt receiving equally that's perfect when you look in the mirror and you go wow that's perfect even if you got some fluffiness going on even if your eyebrows higher than the other or one boobie is (laughs) sagging no matter what there is perfection and i think as you beautifully highlighted we have had this social experience and perception and idealism that perfection is positive is Pretty is all good when, in essence, there's nothing on this planet that is absolutely one way, anything. It's a balance. Every element is like a magnet. So, perfection is a magnet and an ever evolving magnet. It's going to have the nitty gritty, ugly, and hardcore, and it's going to have the soft and gentle and pretty and soft and perfect or kind looking, but it's going to have both. And I think that that is what perfection is. is when you can see the ugly, the good, the pain, the pleasure, and actually don't see it as anything other than perfect. And when you can go, there's nothing to change. I, I have no desire to change myself or change anyone else. I think that is the perfection. And because we are striving for symmetry, we're striving for balance. I think that to the degree that we give ourselves permission to live in that balance, is when we get to kind of swim in that real ocean of perfection.
0: Mm. Wow. (laughs) I'm very happy we're recording this. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm going to listen to this so many times over. Wow. That was incredible. When you said perfection is messy, I got a tear of gratitude out of my eye. Like that touched my heart so profoundly because that is the definition of it. And it's so, it was so beautifully settled on it. Oh my gosh. The one thing I wanted to mention uh, mention that um, actually it was through your assistance that I actually got to that place, and this was the last time that I sat down to really redesign or refine my own mission in life. the reason I, why I literally jump out of bed excited every morning, which I know is a privilege and and one of the main things that I recognized I was trying to understand. Why do I love the weight loss field so much? Because it's an industry with, you know, quotations at 95% disappointment <laughs> rate. And i am loved it for so many years and I'm just so inspired by it. And what I got to understand that day with your assistance, and I had significant tears of gratitude when I got to that place, I just wanted to share because I don't think I've ever shared this publicly before, was For me, the way to release, which is the perspective that I like to sort of frame it as, is really that understanding, or not so much understanding, but acceptance of our inner perfection, given that the physical body for the women that I work with is one of their most active charges. Like A lot of them have mastered their finances, relationships, career, but the physicality of themselves is the most volatile of all the areas of life for them, and understanding or recognizing their inner perfection as a way to understand the the macro perfection of the world and their place in it, um, even though it's a bit intangible, but was really what hit home for me. And I just couldn't believe the beauty of it all. And the way you explained it today made it so much more sensitive. And in my mind, Because in weight loss, there's so much of that trying to get rid of pieces of ourselves in a physical sense, right? So what you're saying is that the perfection exists today. There's nothing to seek for, but it's more about accepting the wholeness of us, not just the pieces of us that we perceive as beautiful or successful. Is that, does, is that sort of like how you would put it all together in terms of the perfection of the physical body? So maybe the question is, so for somebody that looks in the mirror, and they see something physically that it's not what they want inside, it's almost the inside does not match the outside. What is that you know, shift in perception for them to really be, become able to accept the fullness of themselves in a physical sense?
1: Wow, beautifully asked. I, I think you're right. That's such a common challenge that women more so, but men as well, but women really do um, tackle and, and really have to overcome quite often, isn't it? And so there's a few things that I would first start on and and recommend to any incredible woman going, okay, I'm I'm not the weight I want to be. I'm looking in the mirror and I'm feeling good on the inside, but something's not matching on the outside. So the first question, if I had them in the Breakthrough Experience or right in front of me, I'd ask them, so who are you comparing yourself to? Because first and foremost, we have our search engine optimization what we're <laughs> looking for that we think is attractive and then in our mind how we look when we feel most attractive so we've got our own internal search engine and our own outside search engine. and in order to be able to connect to your search engine and the external engine for those to match it's to drop any comparison any subordinations and i know now in Nowadays with social media, that's one of the toughest things to do. I myself find sometimes three in the morning, I'm checking out. I'm like, wow, that lady looks amazing. How'd she do that? But the reality is, is she is a human being and she doesn't have anything that I don't have. I may have it in a different form or I display it differently. But the first and foremost, drop the comparisons to be able to really shift your body to a weight or feeling of what you want most, start with honoring where you're at and seeing why? Why are you here? And how is it serving? And then go, who am I comparing myself to? Because there's an external search engine that I'm trying to match that isn't matching my internal search engine. So you've got an outside value that you may be injecting or you're disowning and perceiving what they have or their beauty or their weight is better than mine. It's different than mine. That's the truth is it's different. It's not better. And you have the same beauty in a different form or fashion. So the first thing I usually recommend is go, okay, let's first honor and acknowledge whatever the weight you are, let's honor and see how that serves you. Let's see how that's been the strategy and agenda. Sometimes we hold on to weight unconscious reasons i can't tell you how many clients we've seen and experienced and you've probably seen have these unconscious motives and unconscious strategies to hold on to the weight i've seen some who don't want to have an affair who keep it on i see some that don't want to be too attractive for past experience reasons there's unconscious motives and unconscious agendas So it's really getting clear with yourself. Okay, why do I want to lose the weight? And who am I comparing myself to? And how am I beautiful and perfect and benefiting exactly as I am? How does it serve me? And how does it serve society? If you can answer those three questions, you've got a stronger advantage of getting governance over what's not fulfilling, which is causing you to fill up in the body. The most common reason men and women overeat is a unfulfillment in one or more areas of life. We define the seven areas in seven. Many people may define it differently. But if you have an unfulfillment in one or more, or you're subordinating and injecting someone's values that are not your own, and setting goals and expectations that are not your own, and you beat yourself up. And then you're unfulfilled and you fill up on food. And then you beat yourself up for filling up on the food. So let's treat it like a formula. First, honor you. Honor the weight and perfection of what you look at right now. And why? Why is that serving? So first, honor you and the beauty and body you have and see that that is perfect and has served in the values you have and to date. Then, okay, Now, who am I comparing myself to? Because there's an outside image that I'm trying to match that's not actually matching my internal search engine. So stop the comparison. Whoever you see, if you see beauty, intelligence, or some form of perfection in someone else, own it and identify it within yourself. So you don't get lost in the story that I don't have that or I'm not that. Change the story to I am that and I do have that. And then third is really getting clear as to what healthy, what perfect looks like for you. Once you stop the comparison, you can get real with the perfection of your skin, your body, your hair, your cells, your everything, because your perfection will look different as we've talked about. So getting clear and honoring what that looks like for you and your next step of how you want to look and why and connecting to that is a huge piece so know and honor where you're at drop any comparisons and own whatever you see in others in yourself and then truly define what your healthiest skinniest or most vital image or appearance is for you and structure goals and actions according to that and nobody else i'd say that's a Nice little three-step formula to somewhat get into honoring yourself, structuring your values around losing weight and getting connected to why you want to do it in the first place.
0: The formula is so clear, like you have such a wonderful way to explain things that are in a tangible form. And I love like a lot of those things, a lot of times in our heads are maybe a little tangled, right? Like having the discernment of the different buckets and how to really focus our attentions on. I always... For all areas of my work, I always tell women to have a bit of a scientist mindset and gather data, right? And write it down. And I think it's a big part of the process that you teach as well, is in really writing those things down so we can download it from our minds and then don't stop until we get to that point that we have clarity and the things are actually in paper form, which has been really helpful for myself as well. This episode is brought to you by The Weight Release Shift a program that I am so excited to share with you. And actually more than a program, this is a partnership in which I join forces with you to take you on this incredible journey, which is weight release. Together, we will explore all the necessary mind shifts to get you to places you've never been before, as well as learn what is going on with your hormones especially as you transition into later phases of being a woman all of that combined with tasty healthy super easy to make foods and recipes to help you balance hormones each for your needs and release excess weight in the process if you're curious or ready to learn more and join me and all these other wonderful women on this journey, I encourage you to apply at the link below. To learn more, visit naturallyjoyous.ca slash release. And I look forward to chatting with you and getting to know you better. Now, the one question, Lana, that I have for you that I've seen it come up a few times with the women that I work with, that they are so they have a high value in releasing excess weight. They are also say women that value personal growth and getting to know themselves, all those things, but depending on what aspect of it they're working on, they sort of face a big resistance to the work. So let's just say even through the formula, right? So let's just say when it gets to the comparison and trying to understand what's happening, they develop a sometimes temporary, but real resistance that they don't even want to do the work. So what are your thoughts on it? Why would that happen? And how can they overcome that?
1: I love that question. You have beautiful questions, Juliana. Thank you. So what I would first and foremost, even though it may sound like a broken record, is activating a why. Just like a a kid who has no interest in going to school, not necessarily that he thinks the school is bad, It's just he doesn't see how learning these particular topics or subjects is going to serve his individual values. Right. That applies for any man or female wanting to lose the little bit of weight and having to step into new modalities or actions or processes to do it. So if they don't have a why, it's like pushing a boulder uphill like Mm -hmm. a kid with broccoli or a kid who doesn't want to go to school. If there's not a why, they're going to hide it. They're going to lie about it. They're going to make excuses for it. They're going to frustrate, procrastinate, hesitate. Just like my father used to say, you go through the a, B, C, D, F, G, H's of negativity. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's really getting very clear in your own perfection, as we talked about. But it's also connecting to the, the why. Why would they want to do the formula? Why would they want to go out of their way and meet with someone one-on-one? Why would they want to spend the money? Just like in any relationship, as a coach, as a facilitator, speaker, consultant, teacher, it's our responsibility to establish a need. Establish a need that inspires a why to want to do something differently, to want to Make a different decision and take different actions to get some real different results. But you're right. Sometimes it's like pushing a boulder uphill and it goes back to got to unlock the inspiring intrinsic why. So if you've got a client that's just not doing the homework and you send them these beautiful pieces that you know if they just applied and got it going, they create some amazing results. Well, if it's not taking action, they don't see enough of a why. Or enough of a need. They may say, oh, I've got to lose my weight. This is just driving me crazy. I can't fit into that dress. We have a wedding next weekend. The words, the complaining is not going to be something you want to even hear. If they're not taking action, then that's not really enough of a problem for them. Right. So either human beings, we work for something that's inspiring enough or painful enough. So, a woman or man will only lose weight or change that to the degree that they have an inspiring why in accordance to their values, a cause greater than the advantages they're receiving from being in that weight, or pain, enough pain associated with being in that weight that it allows them to take different decisions and actions. But I think for the women that are just getting started and are resistant to even trying, Time to unlock your why, your cause of how it will serve you and mankind to be the fittest and most confident and competent you could be in your body. It's time to activate the why in accordance to their unique individual values. Because if they are a businesswoman and they don't see the need to work out necessarily and they're working 12 hours a day, then now it's time to go and link it and say, well, how do you feel when you are having a run around and you're exhausting yourself at the end of the day and they're like, oh, I'm exhausted. And so is your energy not the best? Yeah, it, it's not the best. Okay, so showing them that, you know, 20 minutes on this or 40 minutes on this could give you two hours back in your business. It could allow for the elasticity under your eyes so you don't look so puffy time to help activate the why to do something different to get different results in their body or weight.
0: Amazing. Wow. Thank you so much. Like this was incredible. And I love how you were able to, you know, redefine perfectionism, which is a word that I for some time was a little, you know, Cautious of not using too often, right? Because of, like, we discussed earlier. So I feel, you know, so grateful for you and really inspired by everything. Like I said, I'm going to personally listen to our interview many times (laughs) over to really let all the little jewels that he shared sink in. So for those uh, listening, Alana, that would love to learn more about you and stay in touch or learn from you, what are the best ways for them to find you?
1: Well, thank you for asking that, Juliana, and I love connecting with you. You make this process so beautifully inspiring and easy, mm-hmm. so thank you. Thank Anybody you. who would love to know what I'm up to or what we do at the Martini Institute, I'm a speaker and teacher and the acting manager for the North America Division, so if you'd love to learn from myself or my father, Dr. John Demartini, who is my mentor and teacher and where I get a lot of my good stuff from. (laughs) And come visit the website, uh, drdemartini.com and my profiles on there and amazing goodies to dive in and learn about defining your perfection and identifying your values. But I can be reached at the drdemartini.com.
0: That's wonderful. And in that, I know you mentioned briefly, but I'll just highlight it as well. And I'll put the links below in the show notes. It's all well for easy access. But in there, there's also the free valid determination process, right? So, uh, and I've taken it myself many times and, you know, my husband gone through the process and just to see the difference in that we had a really good relationship beforehand, but just the difference that... You know, the ease of our relationship, even throughout COVID, because once we became really clear about each other's values, we're able to speak in those values, right, to each other. And when we want something, we have a better strategy now. <laughs> getting okay. it because we're in each other's values. But at the same time, when we have, say, a disagreement on our different perspective, it has really been instrumental in us being able to much quicker understand to the point that a lot of the previous self-blaming and you know that type of thing doesn't happen because it's almost like there's a mirror that as i'm telling him how he made me feel i'm just like seeing all those things reflected back i mean it's like wow yeah. so he has really i'd say facilitated a process for our relationship, you know, which is nothing to do with weight loss as a career, but it was just like a very personal, I would say benefit that I very directly had from going through the process a few times and it's totally free, right? So that yeah. would be also on the same website. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that is. You can go in right on the homepage of the DR Martini. It'll say, determine my values in a little blue box, or even at the top, right, it just says values. That's the heartbeat of our work. So you'll hear and see all these different variations of how we apply and use and the benefits to values. But I would recommend to anybody and everybody, doesn't matter the age, even kiddos to 92 have done the value process. It's free, as you've beautifully stated, and you can do it and you can do it every three months and compare results. You can save it and email it to yourself, but it's just wonderful to... Look at what your life is demonstrating and get to set and structure your day-to-day in accordance with what inspires you most and give yourself permission to really step into that as much as you can.
0: That is wonderful. Thank you again for your time. I am so grateful to you and I continue to always be so inspired by you anytime I, you know, watch you speak or I'm part of a program that you're uh, teaching and facilitating. So thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you, Juliana. You've made this process very inspiring and you are a beautiful, beautiful interviewer. So thank you.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back.